you should have a CRM system where you can track that prospect all the way from the time they get at the top of the funnel to the purchasing and then even beyond. So some of the softwares and technologies even include where you can connect email and be able to see the thread and be able to market right to them from the CRM system. So find what works best for you. Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth Podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth, and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts, and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Sue, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Ladies, welcome back to the sales series. We are on session number two of this four-week sales series. And we are covering last week, we covered building strong sales foundations. Today, we're going to be talking about sales strategies for growth. And in the next two that will follow our effective sales techniques and scaling for sustainable sales growth. So as mentioned today, we are going to be really focused on and diving into those sales strategies for growth. We'll explore various aspects of sales from the channels and strategies you need to employ to expanding your sales team, leveraging technology, nurturing relationships, and setting the right pricing for your products and services. See, there's always a little financial flair in there. So let's begin with a look at the different sales strategies that can drive growth of your business. So number one, let's explore different sales channels. This is the most critical strategies. This includes both online and offline channels. In today's digital age, having an online presence is almost mandatory. If I think about it, I can't think of any clients or businesses that I have been working with, even I cannot think of one that did not have some sort of online presence. So it is imperative that you obviously are somewhere in the digital age. So you can reach a broader audience, obviously, and engage with potential customers 24-7, depending on what your product or service is. But offline channels like physical stores, trade shows uh, are also valuable. And depending on your business could be even a higher value than being online. So it obviously depends on what your business is. But the key is to understand where your target audience spends their time and tailor your strategies accordingly. And how do you do this, you ask? Well, it starts with clearly defining your target audience. And we talk a little bit about this in the first episode of this four-week series. We talk about defining your niche and your unique selling proposition. Why should someone buy from you versus your competition? So if you're not really clear on who your target audience is, go back and listen to the first week of this series. You could also conduct uh, market research. So to really, maybe you have it defined, but you want to make sure that you are on the right path. 
you could do some market research with surveys, interviews, analyzing existing customer data, you utilize analytics and insights, you know, the the data you have from active customers on social media and other platforms is really gold when you're trying to figure out and really trying to get clear on who your ideal customer is. So things like Google Analytics, Facebook Insight, Instagram Insights, all of these provide data on the demographics, their interests, and their behaviors. So make sure that you're you're looking at that, where your target audience spends their time so that you can tailor your strategies accordingly. Also, you want to monitor your competitors' activities. So study them. Study those people who are in the same industry as you and analyze where they are most active on social media or even on those more like shows or expos. Where are they spending their time? This gives you clues about where your shared audience is spending time. But also be very mindful and spend the time to really identify gaps or opportunities from your competition strategies that you can leverage. Do not just assume that your competition knows more about your customer than you do. Even if they've been in business longer than you, maybe they are you know, more well-known on social media. That doesn't mean that they have it completely figured out. So monitor them and compare it to where you are finding your ideal customer, but then also look for those opportunities that they may have missed or that you can find additional ideal customers or clients. Number five, also engage in social engage socially. So use social media platforms and forums and online communities where your target audience is discussing relevant topics. So we talk a lot about finding what your ideal customers' pain points are. When you're in discussion groups, such as some of those online communities, you can really see without even commenting what some of the pain points are or challenges are of your ideal audience. Surveys to your current customers is also, it it seems old school, but it still happens. And it can be as easy, it should be automated most likely, where they can just, you know, click a couple buttons and give you the answers that you're looking for without it being old school. Um, But really, why wouldn't you directly ask them? They're already your customers and ask them what their preferred channel of communication is. This could even be in your intake process, if it makes sense in your business. If you're going to be communicating with that customer long-term and it's not a product like a one-time purchase, you can say that, hey, as we get to know you, Mr. or Mrs. new customer, how do you prefer Do you like text? Do you want emails? When we have new opportunities or events, how would you like that? And then that also tells you where they're spending their time. And if they're spending their time on those different platforms, then that is where your ideal customer also, or ideal prospect, I should say, also is. So in this particular thing, obviously, we talk about it a lot, but you have to measure it. You have to measure the different tactics that you're using and the different platforms that you're using to test and diversify. You will hear me throughout this series and throughout just about any episode that without data, you don't know what to change. How do you know what's working or what's not working if you're not tracking it? This is not one of those gut feeling things. So make sure that you're measuring the different platforms or sales channels, the different strategies, even if it's on the same platform. So For example, maybe Instagram is where all of your people are. 
and but you are trying different types of ads, different types of strategies. You want to measure and test that tweak things. When you're when you're talking social media and reaching out to your marketing, the things that are working, you keep them, but then you always are putting in new tests, if you will, A-B testing you may have heard where you have two different ads kind of offering the same thing, but in a different flair so that you can see which one resonates more and gets more results. And again, you have to measure that. So another thing is exploring partnerships with other businesses. This can be a game changer too. So we just talked about kind of all of the online and and media stuff, but don't forget about partnerships with other businesses. It can expand your reach, introduce your products to to new customers, new prospects, and really create beneficial collaborations. I have seen this throughout my expertise and years of advising that businesses have even like formally combined when they are working with not direct competition, but other collaborative, other businesses that are providing services to the same type of customer without providing identical services. So kind of think about your business in that way and what who else, what other products or services are marketing to the exact same or or similar ideal customer as you are. And then go reach out to those people. You know, be mentors to each other and find ways to do mutual collaborations. Second biggest strategy for growth is knowing when and how to expand your sales team. So we've done a lot of the and what we need to do from a social media standpoint. But what happens when this is actually working for you and you are having too many leads? We've talked about it a lot. And um, but if you're just listening for the first time or haven't heard it yet, you know, when you think about your business in a propeller type shape, you know, we've got the growth on one side with sales and marketing. That is what's driving new customers to you. But if you don't have the staff and the leadership to support that staff, that's where the bottlenecks can happen. That's where your growth gets really choppy. So when things are good and the leads are coming in, you also need to know when to have other people on your team. I've also mentioned, and it never hurts to mention it again, that your business is not as valuable if you are the person, you are the owner, and you are the person bringing in all the sales. If someone wanted to buy your business, it is worth a lot less because it is all you, or if it's 80% you. So when you start thinking about strategies of growth and how does sales play into growth strategies, it is not just how much more can you bring into the business. Bringing in sales staff is crucial for getting to that next level and maximizing the value of your business. So when is the right time to bring on someone else? These are some of the questions you have to ask yourself, especially in growth mode. You should consider expanding your team when you're consistently overwhelmed with leads. That would be obvious. But if if your entire time is spent getting leads or if you are spending too much time getting leads and not really focusing on the business, this is where it's an opportunity for you to bring in a sales team or a salesperson first if you don't have a sales team or don't want to have like multiple people right away. Also, if sales is not your expertise, that it might be day one of your business. If you do not enjoy or are not good at doing the sales process, meaning talking to prospective clients and getting them over the line to buy your product or service, if that is 
uncomfortable for you or you're just not good at it, then that it should be the first person that you hire because we always want to hire to our weaknesses, not people who are like us. So that is also a strategy for knowing when to expand your sales team. So if there is other people besides you, who you, maybe you already have a small sales team, you also want to think about having, again, when we hire two weaknesses, so maybe someone on your sales team is great at a part of the sales process or for a particular product or service, but if you want to expand those products and services, or even on the sales team, it might be a different part of the sales funnel. And we talk about that sales journey and the sales funnel in the first uh, series of this four series. So it might be where someone's great at more of the marketing and the top of the funnel, and you have a really great closer. So again, it's really about capacity and how much your business can handle from being able to get in as many of these, you know, leads and convert them. So there is no like, oh, you're two years in the business and you should have two salespeople on your team. It it, it all completely depends on the number of, uh, well, first of all, your products and service, and then also how much business is coming in, what your business is worth, how that sales process is what the length of that is some sales processes depending on the product or service it could take months but from the time someone first knows about your business to when they finally decide to buy and if that's the case that's a lot of nurturing for the sales rep during that and it takes more time than if it's a two week here's what we do do you want to buy our service or not you know, you can get a lot through the process. So there's no hard and fast when you need to hire a sales rep. Just know that number one, your business is worth more when someone is bringing in the sales and not the owner. And number two, make sure that it is aligned with how much your, uh, the balance between how much you're bringing in and also making sure you have enough people on the team to take care of providing the service or the product that you are selling. So as far as the people that you would want to expand on your team, I think it goes without saying to look for individuals who align with your company values and have the skills and experience to contribute to your growth. So it's really important about company values. The skill can be taught for for some things, but the personalities and the core values that usually is something that gets often overlooked when recruiting. So if you're in growth mode, Having others bring in the sales is key to your overall value of your business. Third strategy is leveraging technology using CRM systems, sales automations, and again, those analytics, all that data, right? So in today's fast-paced world, technology plays such a pivotal role in sales, customer relationship management or CRM systems, sales automations, all of these things enhance your sales efficiencies and effectiveness. So CRM systems, you know, this is where we don't want to keep customers or prospects on um, an Excel spreadsheet. We need to have, there's some free softwares out there that are pretty basic if you're more in the just getting started mode. But most people listening are in that growth mode. So there should be, you, you should have a CRM system where you can track that prospect all the way from the time they get at the top of the funnel to the purchasing and then even beyond. So some of the softwares and technologies even include where you can connect email and be able to see the thread and be able to market right to them from the CRM system. So 
find what works best for you. Analytics are invaluable. As you've heard me say multiple times, they provide insights to your sales performance, allow you to identify the strengths and weaknesses in your sales process. And again, we talk about that in the first part of the series. So make sure that you are using technology, sales automations, you know, once you have a prospect in the funnel, how are you engaging with them? How are you getting them to that next step of the funnel? And that's where there's a lot of different softwares, depending on your industry, of where you can have those automations, those emails, those things that they could download or be part of through that sales process. So make sure those are automated so you don't have someone sitting at a desk remembering to send an email to the person who reached out on social media two weeks ago, right? So you want to have that all automated. Another strategy for growth is networking and relationship building. This in a digital world as we are in, sometimes we forget and forget about the value of how networking and business growth and building the customer funnel used to be before social media. So really it's about building those long-term relationships and Networking is such a powerful tool. You know, you can attend industry events, um, online forums, engage with potential and existing customers, depending on what your niche is. Just remember, it's essential to provide value and establish trust before attempting a sale. So if you are in different chat rooms or if you are at different events, don't be jaws. Don't just go right at them and try to get them to buy. Remember that sales funnel. Give value first. Give them something that they can educate them on your products and services. But as this strategy is, do not forget about the hands-on or the in-person or the the non-social media, if you will, part of networking. Really, it's also to think about, uh, again, those relationships that are aligned with your same customer. How can you work with them or build a relationship with a parallel industry that is also selling to your same customer? So finally, there is a financial component to the sales sales strategy, right? And that is the pricing strategy. Setting the right price for your products and service is obviously crucial. So we have to be able to be setting the price for both profitability and for growth. So you don't want to undersell or miss out on revenue, nor do you want to overprice or lose potential customers. So there's a math to knowing that you are priced correctly, but also we have to consider the cost associated. So first of all, knowing that your customer is willing to pay the price that you're offering, it does not have to be what your competition is. It does not have to be just a certain margin above what your costs are. There's an 80-20 rule, and it's not the 80-20 rule you may have heard in the past. But if you have a way to track the number of, say, it's a lot easier if you have like proposals or you know exactly how many people you are offering your um, products or services to. For businesses that can track something like that, the 80-20 rule is that if you are closing about 80% of the proposals, if you will, that you are providing potential customers, you're in the sweet spot. You do not want to close 100% of every offer that you make. And the reason for that is if you're closing 100%, you are way underpriced. The people are like, damn, this is cheap. I'm going to buy this or I'm going to sign up for this service. You are underpricing yourself if you're higher than 80. If you're in the 60, 70 range, that means that you are either not providing 
the value for that price or you are overpriced. So the sweet spot is that 80-20 mark to know that you are priced according to what the market is willing to pay. The other piece, so that's for your customer to know that they are willing to pay that. The other piece is to make sure that you are covering your cost. So this is where that margin comes in. It's not about how much revenue you get in the door or that you're aligned and you know priced similar to your competition. You have to make a profit. That's why we're in business. So when you're setting your price, you need to be really super clear of what all your costs are associated with producing that product or uh, providing that service. So the two pieces of that, you have to really make sure that the price is aligned with the person who's buying it, but then also aligned with your uh, metrics and making sure that you have the enough margin to be able to pay the rest of the bills for your business and to make a profit. Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey, everyone, it's Tina here. If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to an extended invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We want to hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity or faced setbacks head on, your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements, highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. We just covered a lot in week two of the sales series. So we were talking today about sales strategies for growth. Number one being really exploring those different sales channels and strategies within those channels, right? So we also talked about how and when to expand your sales team, specifically the when. And so we need to be able to grow beyond you as an owner in order to really take the business to the next level. Third strategy was really using those technologies such as CRM systems, sales automations, make your life easier, make the process and the journey for the customer seamless. More time used is costly. So let's set up those automations. Let's use technology to really leverage that and be able to expand And last but not least, actually second to last was building long-term customer relationships. Don't just stay online. Think about how else you can partner, be strategic, 
be in the community and really build your brand and really get those sales from non-digital ways. And finally, the pricing strategies, setting the right price for your products and services and making sure that you have the margin that you need in order to expand, reinvest into your business, make that profit so that you ultimately have the value when the day comes that you exit. It was a lot, but I am hoping that you have taken some nuggets away. I thank you for joining me today. In our next session, we are going to be focusing on effective sales techniques, covering such things as the art of pitching, handling objections, closing the deal, like all of those things. Once we do have that customer ready to buy, how do we make sure that we close the deal, get them in our door as a new customer? So I look forward to continuing the sales journey with you. Until then, stay motivated and keep on a growing. I hope you enjoyed today's episode please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. The Woman Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.